Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk about the world of independent comics. With me, as always, are with Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. And I'm Brian. I forgot to introduce myself. Nice to meet you all. Hello. Hi, Uh, Brian. (laughs) Hello. My name is Brian, and I'm a cool guy. You are a cool guy. All right. (laughs) So, uh, like always, we have a good episode in store for you all. Uh, and like always, I'm going to break the ice with a quick question. And this question is actually kind of special because it was actually uh, brought up by one of our listeners, Matt, who uh, shot us a very lovely email. And I asked him if I could ask the question as the uh, icebreaker question, which is, Aside from Tea Dragon Society, which is what the com- the comic that we talked about last week, uh, what comics would you recommend that are good for reading to your kids at night for bed? Garlic and the Witch, Garlic and the Vampire. I think that's a no brainer from me. Yeah, as, no, um, and that's a good choice. We talked about those on the podcast and those are great books yeah artwork's great the story's wonderful it's about being brave good messages Mm -hmm. they're fun you know yeah absolutely i think i would choose those i don't know if i uh just don't know enough kids books but i would like to suggest cheer up which we also covered on the podcast yeah and i just feel like that book has all the right lessons and it's just like it's good stuff to impart on your children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely 100 percent and uh, when I got this email and got the question, I literally just finished reading Bone, uh, the entire series. And so my answer is Bone. Like That, that was like a no-brainer for me because um, it's uh, it gets darker as it goes along, but it's such a good story. Like from what we've talked about on the podcast and the, the entire all nine books of it, it they're all excellent. And they're all good for all ages. And once again, good lessons, good story, very exciting, but not too exciting so your kids won't fall asleep. You know, like, <laughs> so, so it's all good, definitely. So that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A comic book related icebreaker question. I don't think we've had one of those in a while. Yeah. But yeah, that was good. Okay, so thank you, Matt, very much for that. Yes, thank awesome you. Question. Okay. So now we'll go ahead and go into our actual episode where uh, we will talk about um, our DIY corner first. And this week's DIY corner just went live um, as of recording and um, has 20 days to go um, as of recording, which is one day after, before we release this episode. And that is Out of Style, a gorgeous all-new Winchester Meg art book. And it says, follow the lives. And styles of Mila, Yule, and Hannah as they navigate home, school, and work via stunning illustrations and comics. This is from Shortbox, uh, and it is on um, the creator and facilitator of Shortbox, Zainab um, Akhtar's um, Kickstarter. And um, the artwork is amazing. I'll give the quick uh, description here as well. This is definitely, it says an art book, but it's it's also a comic. Uh, it does mention that in the description here. Uh, so Shortbox is proud to present Out of Style, a stunning new art book, art book from the brilliant Devi Putri Megwati, aka Winchester Meg. Um, Out of Style follows three young Muslim women, Mila, Yule, and Hannah, giving us glimpses into their lives as they go to school, work, spend time with family and friends, shop, and more. As well as being a showcase for Meg's gorgeous art, Out of Style is also an unfettered celebration of young Muslim women simply being themselves. Goofy, passionate sporty anxious lazy stylish the list goes on beyond the boundaries of other othering perceptions with over 100 pages of illustrations and 40 pages of comics this really is an unmissable affirming debut from a rising superstar artist and yeah the sample artwork looks great the comics that um that are put in here as a sample as well look great it just looks like a lot of fun uh, very vibrant and fun colors, uh, very expressive faces on the characters. Yeah, this looks great. 
So awesome. definitely. Yeah, and no, I really like the art. It looks really, it like, looks really spunky. That's good. Definitely. <laughs> That's a good word, spunky. That is a really good word. Um, so they're not at their goal yet. So please uh, check it out, back the project if uh, you have the ability to. Very much recommend. And we'll have the link for the uh, DIY, as always, in our show notes. So that's it for our DIY corner. Very cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now I guess we'll just jump into our spotlights, if you're all already. We are ready. And Richard, uh, why don't you go you. first? I will go first. Uh, this week, I am checking out The Return of Chilling Adventures in Sorcery. This is number one. It's a one-shot. It's another one of these uh, Archie, uh, like, you know, spooky verse books. And it has a long creator list. It's uh, Elliot Rao, Vincenzo Federici, Cena Grace, Corin Howe, Casey Gilly, Liana Congas, Craig Boldman, Patton, Tim Kennedy, Bob Smith, Matt Herms, Glenn Whitmore, and Jack Morelli. <laughs> this is like a, and this little book it has like, a, it's like kind of like an anthology style. It's broken up into little segments. But, like, the overarching story is that Madam Satan had broken out of hell, and but a fugitive, like, you know, she broke away from Satan and his thrall. So now, she, and she was, like, undercover as a principal on Earth at the uh, Baxter High School. But now hell has come to Earth, and, you know, like, Satan and his minions are back to get her. And basically, they're like, if you don't play your role, like, we're going to screw with you. And that's where we open up the book that, like, she's basically the principal and she's subjugating the children on hell's behalf but we mm-hmm. get one vignette with uh veronica and what ends up happening is veronica goes thrift store hopping and she found like an evil like greed dress <laughs> she goes mm-hmm. to the so she's obsessed with the dress and she loves the way it makes her look and so she goes back to the thrift store and is like, yo, I need a, the the matching necklace. And the woman's like, oh, I don't have, I like, like, I don't need money. I need something else. And Veronica immediately assumes that she needs something valuable, so she disembowels Jughead and like gives her his stomach because she's like, it's the strongest stomach in the world. He could never stop eating. And so <laughs> to, to feed this like a uh, clothing addiction. She keeps bringing this woman body parts. And then when we find out at the end, like Archie is concerned. So, so he and uh, um, Frick, Betty go to uh, investigate. And the woman's just like, yo, like, no, that wasn't no evil dress. It was a regular dress. Your friend's just crazy. Because, like, I <laughs> told her I didn't want money because I was hoping, like, her father would buy out my business. But <laughs> she just started bringing me body parts for some reason. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Man, that's cool. That's a good twist. That's fun. Yeah, it's a cute little twist. Um, the second <laughs> vignette is uh, this is like a weird social media thing. Like uh, these two are flirting on uh, social media. Uh, this is Shrill, Kristen, and she's flirting with a woman on social media. And so the woman's like, yo, do you think you can send me a picture? And she didn't like any of the existing pics. So she gets out of bed, gets herself all done up, and just keeps taking pictures. But it's like a vanity obsession thing because she keeps taking pictures to the point that like she's the decayed zombie hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and sends all the pictures out. So it's kind of like, like a... all, all these things are like, um, like they're, they're, they're test or, you know, test of metal or whatever. And they all pass. So then Madam Satan recruits a shrill, um, uh, Veronica and uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, to her cause, and then they just kind of fight the uh, Satan Satan worshippers out of the high school. <laughs> nice. It's just a weird book, cute book. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed it. It sounds cool. I didn't it's, even know this came out. It, it sounds really cool. Yeah, but it's like a Halloween style fun in, in July. I like it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And really, I mean, Halloween in July is a good time to have Halloween. Also, my favorite person, Satan. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Satan, Satan, Satan. So awesome. I love it. <laughs> and uh, all right. So I guess I'll go ahead and uh, do my spotlight real quick. As sure. Well. Um, so this is a book that actually came out in May. but And then when I was looking up to figure out a book to, to do this week, I was, I was like, well, 
this is number one, but I never heard saw number two come out. And it turns out it's not coming out till July, but then it has a regular monthly release schedule after that. So we're still on the oh, first no. issue, and that is uh, Catfight uh, by Andrew Wheeler, uh, Ilias Krizaeus, Kriazis, apologies, Auguste, uh, Dennis Yatras, and Hassan Osmane Alao. MVP. Yep. He tried. Yeah. That's all that matters. Hassan Osmane Alao. And uh, yes, he is the uh, letterer of the stars or Ooh. to the stars because he is, he does a lot of work. And this is from IDW. And I was like, I was kind of happy to do an IDW book. I've been reading a lot of the uh, Ninja Turtle stuff lately and we don't really talk a lot about idw so i was like yeah this seems like a fun book talk about. Cool. um basically it's about a um cat burglar uh who's who's currently working in venice um he's he owes money to the mob his name is felix um and he is trying to steal a diamond in order to uh pay off the uh the mob debt that he has and uh unfortunately um he's also embroiled kind of in a family situation where it turns out his grandma who had abandoned him well he felt that she abandoned him a while, uh, when he was younger in time of need after his parents died um turned out that she's actually a master thief herself uh who was uh prominent in the 60s named kitty kitty midnight and she and that pussy she was <laughs> she was so she and so she basically um is warning you know like has been calling him to, to uh to talk to him and he also receives a call from someone named schrodinger you notice the names felix kitty schrodinger there's definitely a theme going on here uh and the book's called cat fight if you can't figure out that that theme going on oh and so well, i'm a fucking idiot because i'm like what's the theme so shakespeare so so yes so, so can't fight so schrodinger um, is trying to recruit um felix to join a crew to go against kitty and at this time he's like why do you want to do that because at this time he doesn't know kitty's past and he's also just like i don't talk to her and i work alone so why are you talking to me and so um he hangs up but then he but then felix gets uh drugged and kidnapped by the person uh the major domo essentially of um of kitty and brought there and she says that this schrodinger person is working with former associates of of her that uh, she might have done dirty in the past and she's they're after her. So he's recruiting people in order to uh, take her down. And that's including him. And she wants him to to join up in order basically to be her person in, on the inside. Wait, that's her grandson? Yes. She wants him Feel- to be a double agent? Yeah. I would never do that for one of my grandmas. <laughs> and well, they're, they're estranged until this yeah, point. Anyway, Let her die. She's well, old. so... Oh, <laughs> do, I, do I do? I, I guess I I I'm gonna do spoilers because it has kind of a cool. It's it's only the first issue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, you know, like there there is definitely a surprise ending at the end, and um and that will lead to the other issues. So what happens is uh, and spoiler alert. Just skip ahead like five minutes. Five minutes or twenty five minutes. You're right. I'm gonna just ramble on. (laughs) Stretch your legs, right? Yeah. So, um, there was this ancient city called Mesopotamia. No, I'm just no. Um, so what what happens in the story is um, is he's leaving. Felix is leaving, and um, he and he gets a call again from Schrodinger. Schrodinger basically says, you know, oh, Felix says, you know. You know, fuck off, essentially the Schrodinger again. And he's like, oh no, this is that's no longer on the table. Uh, we we've been we've been uh, tracking you since Venice, and you just led us to your grandma, and now we're going to frame you for murder. And that's when the um, uh, that's when the mansion explodes, and uh, Felix uh, gets blown out of it. And then and then the last page is a bunch of associates supposedly you you don't see their faces you only see like their arms like picking up their phones uh-huh. um getting text messages basically saying that that kitty kitty midnight has been killed and the killer is still at large everyone needs you know basically track down and take care of felix so interesting that's the end of the first issues mm-hmm. wow so yeah and like 
the color work is cool. Um, this book until they pulled out a cell phone, I thought took place in the 1920s because it has that total vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I'm like, oh, it's modern time, but it definitely has kind of like that cool flapper feel like Paris in the 20s as well like that kind of like look and feel to it which uh you know I do absolutely love so um yeah the color work is good I'm not really familiar with any of the creators except for um the letterer to the stars and um he but but yeah uh it's quite enjoyable and I'm excited to see how this goes and I'm kind of glad that um that issue two hasn't come out yet, so I can talk about this before uh, anyone else reads any further. So that's kind of good. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do like the fact that the old grandma died. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, so, up. allegedly there was an explosion. She might not been now. Oh God. So we'll see what happens. Man, but, would you wish yeah. for a grandparent's but, death and then it doesn't happen? And there's oh, a geez. oh yeah, <laughs> and there's another character who's like a fence. And her name is Tabitha. So, like, yes, oh, the, there's a cat. There's a cat theme, cat theme going on in this book, which is kind of cool. And so we'll see. We'll see how that long that you know pays out as well. I have a feeling this whole cat thing will kind of pay out as well. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see Sorry, if I'm saying stupid comments, <laughs> it's because I um I was reading a Wikipedia article as the show was starting about Ian Curtis. Mm-hmm. And God, if you want to be depressed, From Joy Division. Yeah. yeah, read about the lead singer from Joy Division. Mm-hmm. That is extremely tragic. Yes, I didn't know he was a severe epileptic. Oh yeah, but um, I guess like, I guess there's been several like biographies and documentaries about him. Like obviously since the ending of Joy Division and stuff, mm-hmm. and like he was, I guess doctors have heard about the drugs that he was taking at that time not like recreational drugs but like his prescriptions to manage his um his epilepsy and they said that it was actually a bad combination so you kind of just wonder like had he been given the right combos of stuff you know Mm -hmm. i don't know just really sad do yourself a favor and don't read it (laughs) because i did and i'm sad now i'm sorry Mm-hmm. It is that uh, definitely all right well now time to talk i guess about our uh main subject which is also kind of sad but uh yeah a fun read and this was richard's choice so uh richard why don't you give us a, a synopsis and uh and spoil the hell out of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well this is home volume one by julio anta Nice. Uh, I think and I think we Wisecheck is Wise yeah, Anna yeah. Wisecheck, Brian Valenza, and Hassan Atsmania Hilal, MVP. Guys yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> he is everywhere. Yes. Um so yeah. The book opens up, the premise of it is uh this woman Mercedes Gomez and her young son Juan are you know making the trek from Guatemala to make it into the United States um, because her her uh, husband was murdered by a gang. And they're seeking asylum. They go through the proper channels and they surrender themselves at a uh, immigration station. But in the midst of their uh, travels, Trump's travel brand went into pl- place and they were unaware because they were traveling and, you know, get information. And basically all the most horrifying things in the world happen to them. They're put in a cold room called the ice box. They also, they speak next to no English. So anytime that they have to speak with the officials, the officials are super racist and like force them off to a, uh, you know, a second uh, employee that is of Hispanic descent, which it's so off-putting. It's so off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically they get separated mercedes doesn't know what to do she's uh she's uh you know she has no information they don't tell her why so juan her son he's put into like a group with other kids and they have you know lunch or meal time and when he does he doesn't finish his food he takes a little bit back to eat later he uh the, the the guards are like nah you can't do that and they try to take it from him and an altercation comes into place 
And then we find out that Juan has powers when he like blows the guard away and blows a hole through his uh jail cell. Oh, I wanted him to blow a hole through that guard. And and he, you know, he runs off into like the wilderness. So that's the premise of the uh the book mm-hmm. <laughs> without uh, getting into just into any spoilers, and that's basically like the first issue. <laughs> yep. But yeah, um well, you know, we'll get more into the plot, but I really enjoyed this book, and at the same time, it's super upsetting. Um, it's been a while since Trump was president, and like that Trump, you know, after the pandemic, that Trump travel bed kind of got memory hold. But God, this brought up so much angry emotions reading this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, literally the first like two pages when they're kind of setting the the plot for it, and mm-hmm. it just I was like. I had to actually like take a quick break from just reading the first two pages. Like I'm like, oof, I remember all and, this. Like even that and, part was hard. Where like you're just seeing their journey yeah. and like how bad it is. And they're sleeping on the street and ugh. Well, and obviously not doing it because they want to. It's, right. Yeah. yeah, and I thought what was you know the juxtaposition of seeing one of millions of families making this really arduous journey that that is full of peril in its own right and then you see the text box of all those that stupid bullshit were you know they're rapists yeah they're criminals and it's infuriating Mm -hmm. yeah it's very visceral rage oh my god you get so angry just and just and to add on to it it's just like you know there's a lot of people out there who think that and don't think that they're being racist when they think that which is really sad as well they don't understand how racist they are yeah yeah i i would i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say this i think 95 percent of people understand exactly how racist that is yeah and they just don't give a fuck because okay. Trump made it okay yeah. to be that obnoxious, loud, in your face, hateful of other people for no other mm-hmm. reason, just from the fact that they don't look like you. Yep. Pure othering, essentially. Yeah, it's yeah. But yeah, I um Yeah. It's it's kind of a bad time here. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that was issue one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Are you going into spoilers? Yeah, I guess we'll go into spoilers. Oh, yeah. We'll okay. You can jump in whatever, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate your commentary. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a shitty time. Like, I, I, I don't understand why people are just, their commitment to being so shitty. Mm-hmm. It's just very frustrating. Yeah. Because I- guess what? We're all just kind of people. I'll just kind of try to figure it out and kind of make it and survive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's, is it like a, you know, like kind of like a, uh, a desperate like push essentially what's going on nowadays? Cause like things are more for the most part, like the younger generations are, are getting more progressive and more accepting and more inclusive so are the is like the old guard realizing that they're getting pushed out and that this is just like the final like yeah like this is like hopefully the final death rattle of like you know some very shitty backwards old ideals essentially the Not battle really. of the bulge yeah you know by a bunch of Nazis <laughs> you know which was by a bunch of Nazis in the first place well speaking well, of Nazis yeah let's talk about some of the characters <laughs> in the book and how they look yes definitely um. Yeah, uh, pretty much all the white people look very evil in this book. They are very, very shitty. They're all unnamed. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're they just kind of hateful and belligerent, and it's really bad. Yes, yes. Yep. And, and also shady as fuck. Yeah, there's, one particular, them. there's one particular scene where um, Juan is, he when he causes the blast in the wall in the detention center, and it's truly a fucking jail for children, and you can't say otherwise, um, he makes this explosion, and he he's so frightened by what just happened. The kid just fucking sprints. He jams. Mm-hmm. 
And as he's being chased by guards, he can get faster and faster and faster. And the guards that are witnessing this are like, what the fuck is going on? So when he gets to what he thinks is like a safe spot in this, you know, in the woods when he's running away, there is a man, a straight up indistinguishable random ass white dude mm-hmm. who's just like 911. Uh, oh, oh no, is that, that a different was, part? That was later. Oh, that, that, that later? was in the woods. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. But everyone who's white is stupid in this book and I hate them. And it's really it's for a point yeah it's for a point it's to show and it's uh, what you see Juan go through on his journey of running away trying to find his because they they, you know um, when normally in in days past you could come to America as a political or like as a political refugee from your country and as long as you had like an anchor family member here you were able to you know just essentially answer questions get processed and then go to your family member so that's what Juan and his mother were expecting but because of all this bullshit with Trump they couldn't do it and so there Juan was very smart and could remember the phone number of his aunt who lived in Houston. And so he was able to get a hold of her, but she's the one who tells him what exactly is going on with his body. Yeah. Cause she, she's yeah. related to her father. You know, she's a, her father, his father's um, sister. sister. Yeah. And like, it turns out that his father also had powers as well. And that's actually what ended up getting him killed. yeah he became like a freedom fighter he was fighting the gangs and basically he was put in a situation that like if he didn't work for them they were going to kill some innocent person and he was just like like nah so they had to take him down yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, so his aunt Gladys basically informs him like yeah you got powers you know people in your family have powers your pops had powers and she was just like, you know, when he had his powers, I was super chill and helped him, like, you know, go through it. So he, she's like, I'll train you. Um, but one of the nicer parts is that once he's with his Aunt Gladys, you know, she calls his mom or his mom called because his mom actually gets deported out of the country and never told where her son is or like yeah. gets information on how to get him back. Just oh. they send her to Guatemala and basically tell her to fuck off. Mm-hmm. It, like some real hate shit. Yeah. But like when they finally talk on the phone together, it's so oh. sweet. Yes. Oh my god, that and, part made me so sad. And the fact that like Juan's first question wasn't like or first reaction wasn't anything about him. It was like, Mom, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and um and also one of the things is that, you know, when his mother is when they're doing the journey from Guatemala to the United States, his mother's telling him how like you know, we're going to get to the U.S. It's going to be great. Like, you're going to be able to go to school. Like, I'm going to be able to get a job. And, like, there's going to be all this opportunity. And, then, you know, everything that Juan's going, going through, like, you know, his mom's like, you know, don't worry about me. I'm back in Guatemala, but at your home now. Like, get comfortable. Your aunt's going to take care of you. And, like, Juan doesn't want it to be his home anymore because, like, yeah. everything he's been, he's seen about America thus far, it's been so shitty to him. Yeah. Yep. And, like, you could see just, like, him falling out of love with the country, which is, like, mm-hmm. that's a horrible thing to do to people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and, like, it's it's interesting, too, because, I mean, we'll get into it later, but, like, um, the whole the whole thing about, you know, the superpowers, and, and we're, we're in spoilers, so, like, you find out later that basically everybody... On on his dad's side of the family has superpowers, including his yeah, two yeah. cousins and and his and Aunt Gladys as well, and like, you know, they and then like the the, the two there's a a quick blur before you find out that the two cousins are there and they have superpowers that there was these two superpowered terrorists taking care That's of right, you know catch. like doing stuff and it's like, dude, they're just doing these things because of your actions and of the government's mm-hmm. actions and if like everything was as free and 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 as advertised as as 
people should you know view or people view America, then um, you know as a place for free and everyone has you know like the ability to thrive, then they would be working on the side of 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 the U.S. like of mm-hmm. like of the government, but the government has basically made themselves the antagonist because they are the way they are. Um, I think one of the things that is so one of the many things that's so frustrating and so infuriate infuriating is that this no named white supremacist dickhead yeah. who is in charge of finding Juan, like a special task force has now been set up. And he um makes this comment about like don't let this quote unquote child's demeanor or look fool you. Yeah. Like terminate him on the spot. Yeah. He he is a threat. And I think it, and maybe I might be reading too much into this, but I feel like it harkens to this idea that white American culture, not everyone, but I think it is ingrained in it. It's systemically a problem that they will look at black children, brown children, children of of color, and there's there is an adulting look that all of a sudden they get and i don't think people realize the tenacity that children of immigrants children of color have because the only reason that you might feel that they look like an adult or act like an adult is because society has been created in a way that they have to be an adult they have you you don't want you don't want to staff anybody that speaks spanish in your establishment so guess what the kid has to be a fucking translator you don't want to help people of color and help help them with transactions or help them do things or you're scared of a black man going into your bank you know who doesn't look as scary a quote-unquote to uh to a teller is a kid these children are put in situations where they have to act like on be on behalf of their families for whatever the reasons are. So there's this weird thing that people do and it's like, Oh, they're, they're, they're acting like an adult. They're, they're not a child. And it's like, but you created this fucked up thing to where they already have to be like that. They're not given the chance to be true children because they're seen that you're you're othering them. Yeah. They're seen as different from the get. Like that's completely unfair. And so when that when that little blurb is said, yeah. I was just like, he's he's a kid. He's not able to have that kid experience. I'd like to see that motherfucker walk all those thousands of miles across multiple countries to get to a place of a place that should be of refuge and of yeah. safety. And instead they're they are when Mercedes is handcuffed to go to the women's center, I wanted to throw the Kindle I or whatever the fuck we read on. I was so upset. <laughs> I yelled at Brian, why are they handcuffing her? She didn't do anything. No. And if anybody reads this and you think that this is fictionalized, it is not. This is really the policies that are still currently in place Mm -hmm. because now that it's been in place uh, the reason we're not talking about it as a society is because Roe versus Wade was overturned yeah is because affirmative action just fucking flew out the window a a few days ago that's why we're still not talking about this because unfortunately this book is completely relevant today as it was when it first came out Mm -hmm. and that is yeah Yeah. super depressing yeah like basically distractions have been almost it feels like manufactured just because you know like so we're not actually like dealing with the things that we actually need to deal with and and realize what's going on you know yeah so yeah sorry i'll uh, get off my soapbox now Richard, no, how was, I mean, how was the rest of the book? just just really <laughs> <laughs> well just really just really quick i, I um <laughs> That that one character, oh, sorry, Johnny is uh, has a squeak. My toy. emotional support animal has a, a temper, so and he has a squeak he's, toy. Uh, he's having a squeaky toy moment. <laughs> yes, um, he's squeaking in agreement with us. Yes, um, so anyway, sorry. Um, the 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 unknown or unnamed white um, ice guy 
who turns out to be the the big old villain of the book um is using very uh keyword heavy uh speeches and like you know like basically like stating that like for example as Carrie was saying you know when when they're talking about Julio um was one one oh my god uh they're talking about they're talking about Juan um and he was like basically like oh don't shoot at him unless you feel threatened and you should feel threatened because he has powers okay. you know and it's like and like yes like we don't live in a world where superpowers exist but I feel like those kind of mentality is rampant among a lot of you know people who are supposed to be keeping the peace Richard keep going yep. I have something to say or else I'm going to keep talking go, go, go give us more story oh so just uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, Juan is training with his uh, aunt Gladys, that's when the uh, the the aforementioned gentleman that's like in the bushes is like yeah. called nine one one. Trench coat, sunglasses, and the hat in the <laughs> middle of the woods. He looks so shifty. He looks so shifty. He looks like a pedophile. Yeah. I'm like, why are you watching so, them? Yeah, it's it, it seems so inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but the the police come, and that's when uh, his aunt Gladys reveals that she has powers. And so, like, Juan wants to fight back, but she's like, we have to get out of here. And she picks him up and flies away, which that was awesome. So she's like, all right, I'm going to go to work and try to be normal. And she's like, yo, just don't leave the house. Just don't leave the house. And then Juan sees kids playing soccer outside. So he's like, yeah, I got to go. I got to leave the house to go yep. be a kid. <laughs> yep. yep. So yes, when yes, you're playing outside, point, yeah. a car is about to hit one of the kids, and then he uh, super speeds over there and saves the kid's life. It freaks everybody out, and I guess someone calls ICE, so he's inside the house, but, like, the ICE officers are, like, coming for him. And it is so, like, it looks like some, like, the, it looks like the fucking empire, the way that they're rolling through. They're, like, marching in all together, and then finally they got the, they're breaking down the door. It. It's just gross. We live in a fucking gross, weird police state. It's not okay. And that's when uh, his uh, his uh, his aunt Gladys sends his uh, cousins over there to save him, and they have dope powers too. And they fight off ice, but like they're like, "All right, mom, like it's revolution time. Like yeah. they're already after us. So like, let, yeah. let's, let's do it. Let's like let's fight the good fight." And she's like, "No, like I don't want my children to die. Like that's not what we're doing here." So they actually lay low. And then the book, the book decides to play with your emotions. They lay low. They watch the views to 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 see, you know, what's what. And about a week later, the mayor, who seems to be of some sort of vague Hispanic, or no, no, it's, uh, yeah, Hispanic descent. She uh, she basically like, she says the speech that we want to hear. They're like, yes. like, ICE is corrupt. These people like. They, they, uh, they, you know, were throwing propaganda out there to to make you look like villains when you're not. Like, please bring yourselves forward. Like, let us take care of you. Let let's make this right. And like, it's a real beautiful speech, and I feel really good about the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And then there's an epilogue that she's <laughs> like, she's like in cahoots with like the super racist, uh, like Icehead guy. Yeah, because yeah. he's blackmailing her. Yeah, yeah, he's blackmailing. Her. Her family, who who might be undocumented, yes. So yeah, and oh, going back, it's just a bummer because the speech is so good and yes, it makes you feel yeah. so good inside, and then it's like, and they they just take the rug from under you. It's um, it's really upsetting, you know. Going back to what Brian was saying about those certain like heat, like like keywords being used you know they don't refer to Juan as a child nope they refer to him as an alien yeah yeah um you know so already putting that us versus them he has superpowers and you know honestly take away the superpowers yeah and this is this is real this is real life um Mm -hmm. when that literal Karen calls to report the um um the saving of that child the 
uh, nasty Nazi guy says, oh, she's the real hero for calling it in. And she was attacked. And she was attacked. Even though she was like, in she another was, room. you know, and we're going to make her proud by, go, you know, by getting this alien. Uh-huh. And it's just like, again, showing. Yes, Johnny, I agree. Um, By showing like the the way that people's words are valued more than you know than what whatever your reality is you know Mm -hmm. and seeing um but i think probably one of the scariest sequences i've seen in any type of media is the sequence you were talking about richard with border patrol entering the apartment looking for Juan. um the, the the MVP of lettering, right? Um, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. say the name because I'm really bad at it. I'm sorry. Um, he uh, does this amazing job with the lettering. Everything that's spoken in Spanish is written in red, mm-hmm. and so you can tell the urgency of Juan calling his his aunt at work at the hospital, explaining to her that I hear I hear men's with with machines and they're talking and I don't understand what they're saying but they're right here it sounds and then they're in the hall in front of the door and she tells him to move further into the apartment and then he hears it and they're in the living room and you hear like I'm starting to tear up like you get that anxiety and there's like 10 officers fucking dressed like SWAT because that's how these people dress when dealing with children. It, make, it with, makes sense. We saw that with Alien back mm-hmm. in the nineties. Yeah, Same and thing. then like, and yeah, exactly. That little boy who was hiding in a closet, yeah, petrified, scared for his life. He thought, you know, he was going to die. And like, and I don't remember if I don't know if you guys remember this, but like, do you remember when this first started happening and Ice was going to, um schools to bust mm-hmm. parents as they dropped off their children do you remember this brian no maybe yeah. i was like yeah you like i remember it was it was on the i mean like it was you know like like uh, and media like new, news is not perfect and i understand that it's a business and you know there's rarely unbiased news outlets anymore but like you would hear about it heavy in the first and then like you didn't hear about it again but like that's the way ice was getting like undocumented parents and literally ripping families apart. And there's just, there's nothing good that can come of that. You want to create, I mean, like, I I don't think this is how I think you want to fuck with me and you want to do that. You want to create a criminal. That's how you do it. You want to create a villain. That's how you do it. You give them a fucking villain's origin story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like that's what you do that's how how can people who come to this country and they want like only for the benefit of their children it's just for a better life that was you know and it's kind of ironic that we're doing or coincidental i don't know the word that we're doing it the day after um fourth of july because i honestly like it's a stupid ass holiday i i refuse to accept that it's independence day um but like it's how can you say that you're a country for you know built on the backs of like one stolen land two enslaved people and not recognize that everybody here was forced here at some point not because they wanted to be here Hmm. and it's just like you can't you can't do that yeah this you just let people in they, That's all I want. That's they did the, they did a really good job, um, uh, you know, basically making sure that there was no question about like legality with with Juan and and Mercedes and family and stuff like that because they were coming in for amnesty and that's what that was like. Literally, they say like a month before someone did the exact same thing and they were able to get in, um, and like they were trying to do it the legal route. They weren't like you know. Illegally, illegally entering the country, but then they're treated like criminals, mm-hmm. and even to the point where uh, Mercedes is like, "Okay, we'll just go back to Guatemala." Yeah, and then they were like, "Nope, you can't leave <laughs> now." It's like, "Come on, yeah," <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, and, you're and, right. And that's then, fucked up. And, and yeah. the only time that she can leave is when they separate her kid from her, and All then right. then she can leave and never see her kid again because you know, you know, essentially. So it's yeah that it's just it's just fucked up policy. Well, it really is. One of the stats, like this, was recently within like mm-hmm. the last year that there was almost like upwards of like. I want to say 5,000. That may be too high. But it's some kind of egregious number of children who were legitly lost from the time they got quote-unquote processed to the yeah. time that they were put in these quote-unquote children's facilities. They're fucking gone. Yeah. Like no one, parents have like, or family members have tried to claim them saying this is their this is their country of origin, this is their name, this is their parents' name. No one knows where these fucking kids went. And let's not talk about the like the perverts and pedophiles and like violent sociopaths who were employed by ICE, mm-hmm. who were in charge of these centers. Exactly. Sorry, Richard, it's a really good book. I'm just really upset. Yeah. It's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, uh, when you were talking earlier, Carrie, they actually made a, a South Park episode of the exact thing that you're talking about. It's like called Mexican Joker. And it's oh, about shit. how like the the people at ICE are worried that like the way that they're treating their ch- these children are gonna create some sort of Mexican Joker. So they're like, what can we do? Oh my god! To not create Mexican Joker, I but like love it. they keep brushing up against the answer of like not like stealing these children this way. But they're like, nah, we can't like not take the kids. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, South Park. That's, that's too, good. Too easy of a solution. Apparently. Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. That's, oh man, yeah, that's what happens. Um, so I what I, would it be? What, La what, yeah. <laughs> for Joker. <Or> Joker. <laughs> the oh, I, I forgot how to say Cloud. I don't know Spanish. how to say. I I should know that, but I, I you should. You're that. the Mexican in this relationship. <laughs> um. Well, okay. One, do you feel that the superpower thing? Um, I understand. I I read the the back matter that the reason why like superpowers were added was because Julianta said that there wasn't many, you know, like Hispanic superheroes out mm-hmm. there, and he kind of wanted to create like that kind of world. Um, but do you feel that the superpowers muddle up the story at all, like no. or like or the message at least? No. No, because I think they're all superheroes without the superpowers. I think the superpower, the superpowers, make like the part where the older cousins want to fuck up ice. I'm like, yeah. yes, please do. Yeah. This is great, and it doesn't seem as violent, <laughs> you yeah. know, like because they're, they're using powers. Yeah, but uh, no, I think the superpowers um, are a nice, uh, like, uh, like addition. But I think I think the real fucking superheroes, Mercedes. Yeah, she checked mm. all that way with with her kid. Mm-hmm. by herself yep and then and was trying to protect them yeah the whole time yep exactly um and you know i totally got x-men vibes from this yeah yeah, yeah i mean like basically you know the same analogies are being made <laughs> you know with with the x-men that are be- being made in this story um which is good um i i don't know about you well but my my i have one criticism about the book <laughs> and it's not really a criticism like per se i just feel that the fifth issue of this book was rushed and it fi- like the story was rushed and it could have been one more book it feels like all these things happened in the last book in yeah the last or book you know like basically that could have been fleshed out more and like like you know, and I, and the reason why I say this, it's it's a critique, but it's not necessarily a critique because mm-hmm. critique because I'm literally saying give me more. Mm-hmm. And if it was a real critique, I would not be saying give me more. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I feel like that this was a six issue miniseries that was pushed into five issues. Um, when um when I was recapping the book, Brian, in my head, I was just like, damn, all that happened in just issue five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and and uh, maybe maybe it was like um they. They might have had it paced out to be six books, and then 
um editorial said that we have to put this in the five or maybe like um he the, he was like okay when's volume because obviously this there's a there's a cliffhanger so there's a volume two planned in the future but maybe they weren't able to get like a, a planned date for that book so maybe they were like okay we gotta throw some book two stuff into book one i you know, uh, i don't know um i'm gonna push back a little bit and give the creative team the benefit of the doubt i think this book is as frenzied as it is mm-hmm. because I think that's really how people feel. Okay. I think it, I think these books, I think, I think one of like the beautiful things about books that are so entrenched in real life. Um, What's that book that we read that was Richard's choice and I really hated it only because it freaked me out Department so fucking much. No, 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 no. Um, the robot one. Oh, uh, not all, not all robots. Not all robots. Not all robots. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think when they're really entrenched in like these real world issues, I think the pacing is deliberate. I think mm. it's to mimic emotional journeys as to what the characters go through, and I'm I'm gonna give um the team the benefit, and I think that the pacing is different in each because I felt like the pacing was different in each book and I think it's it I I think it was frenzied in the fifth book because that's the frenzy is authentic yeah I think that's what happens to people okay mm-hmm. yeah definitely cool. so it was it's a mimic the 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 feelings of reality essentially yeah to, to the stress that I felt reading it because I felt like that everything was happening so fast was intentional because uh, that's how in a situation like this the people feel yeah like yeah. the like the the pacing of the the actual journey with Mercedes and Juan feels like it takes seventeen pages yeah because it mm-hmm. feels like it takes so long for them to get to the border the same with Juan running away. Yes, that pacing feels very like because he's by himself. He's scared. It does. It feels rushed, but it also feels very like long because he doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think each issue is the same page amount, but I I feel like the first issue read a lot slower than the rest. Of I the... felt. I think it was yeah. issue. Yeah, I think it was issue three. I like. I felt like it was two pages long. Yeah. Yeah. Breakneck but, speed. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, what happened? It felt it felt short, but not again, not because it was missing anything or because it was lacking in anything. But I think it's just the way it was written, the yeah. way it was laid out. No, totally. Okay. I see. I, I, I definitely appreciate that opinion on that. I mean, like I can tell, I could be yeah. wrong. I mean, I yeah, but but like I definitely I definitely can see that being intentional then. I mean, also for our regular listeners, I think I may be starting my period soon. And if you hear about the, like, usually it's with the recording before I start that I'm like really emotional about stuff. I get real (laughs) mad. Yeah. So everybody at home that's tracking Carrie's period, (laughs) please do because I don't use an app anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want the government having my data. Dog just, oh, I just got a ball thrown into my face by, <laughs> by our dog. Um, because uh, the squeaking of Johnny and I, um, was happening, and I took the ball and I threw it back to him, and he knocked it right back into my face. And so, yes, I know we're a audio medium, but oh, well, you know, yeah. all right, well, any other. Any other thoughts, or are we wrapping this up, or we want to see talking about it? I I will say this. I think if you, I think it's important for everyone to read it. If you have family who are immigrants, you know, I think it makes you appreciate them and their struggles. A little bit more again because I think a visual medium helps solidify some ideas. Yeah. And if you are not someone who has direct, super close lineage of immigrants or, you know, whatever, um, i.e., someone who's white, um, I would highly suggest reading this because I think it's important for 
everyone to see what people go through for the quote-unquote greatest country in the world end quote to accept them purely because this is supposed to be a place where opportunity is given and opportunity can be had and I'm not saying they'll pick yourself up by the bootstraps thing I mean as a community I mean as a society where we help each other we lift each other up and we and we do something about it and if I just think, and if for any international listeners that we may have, read it and know this is still really relevant. Yeah. And it's frightening. And this is what people in uh people trying to come into this country are doing. I had a friend um who worked for the Department of Justice and she was a lawyer, or she is a lawyer still, that works specifically on immigration cases. And once this policy came into place her direct supervisor was like the minute that you get a case file that says asylum seeker approve it they weren't even looking at files anymore because they were so pissed that people were getting just lost in the shuffle and being put in the detention centers that they felt that this was like their little way of being able to help people and she would tell me some horror stories about legit children getting lost families being broken up literal infants being taken away from like there's a scene there is a scene in this book where a woman is in the middle of breastfeeding in the middle of breastfeeding her child and they rip the baby from her because it's time for them to get separated and that's an unfortunate truth and I think it's just very very important for everybody to to read it I would not read this to your children, Matt. <laughs> this is not one for bedtime, but heavy stuff. This is uh this it's an important read, I feel yeah. like. I would assign this in like a college level class. Yeah. When I try to indoctrinate everybody to the bleeding heart liberal side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna buy it for your dad for Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, I would uh no, I I agree. It's it's really sad, you know, like how this has kind of been this situation has been pushed under the rug and um you know like it's not been resolved it's 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 definitely still going on and you know it it, it feels like that it's not going to change for a while but because it's not the number one topic on social media like it's no longer you know a concern yeah. which is sad agreed yeah but thank you for choosing it, Richard. This yeah. is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a really good book. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we, we didn't talk about like the artwork or anything that much. Like, what did you guys think about? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Coloring is great. Lettering's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I I like the how like the characters were drawn because they were they they were realistic to a point but it was definitely i think uh the fact that they were kind of like chunky like everyone was kind of not chunky as in like fat but like chunky like just like the 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 body parts and like that were very much like i guess blocky might be the way to put it you know mm-hmm. i f- yeah 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 I, there, it was it, it it was like a a, a realism but sort of cartoony yeah um, yeah, I, I understand it, what you're saying, and maybe we're not using the right words to describe it, but I, I get it. It's it softens it to an extent, but yes. then, but at the same time, it's not so cartoony that the the point is is missed because it's like, oh, yeah. it's a funny book, haha. I think you have a really good point with yeah. that. So I, I thought it was a good choice on on the art style of the book. Yeah, if this were, and, oh, go ahead, Richard. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say, and like uh, really good facial expressions. I feel like a lot yeah. of the stuff is being told in like people's faces throughout the book yes oh my every time um anna does the artwork yeah um every time anna does tears they're almost like little puddles on the face so you know that the person's really crying and really emoting and Mm. oh my god yeah (laughs) 
poor one. I want him to blow up all the border patrol people with his superpowers. I was so bad. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. Yeah. It, no. And, and the thing is, is that like there's the those points where you know one is basically like I'm gonna like attack these ice, yeah. you know, and then like. Uh, the Gladys is like, don't do that because they're, you're just going to be giving them what they want, and and it's like, but then it's like, can you really blame Wong? I mean, like in this situation. Well, she also lost her brother because yeah. he was like a vigilante, exactly. and he was trying to fight for like the greater good and to protect his people, and not just lay low and like save his own ass. Yeah, and so I think that's why she does that. She's like trying to convince Juan to be like that because she she literally says, "I don't want to lose you like I lost your father." Exactly. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah uh, well. It's really good. Overall, good stuff. Definitely yeah. re- recommend. Absolutely. I tell you, definitely recommend. But yeah, it's it's a little it's a visceral. It's a little brutal. And you're. If you have a heart, you're going to be very angry reading it, but it's yeah. really, really, really well done. <laughs> Definitely. So, mm-hmm. well, if you all don't have any other thing to uh, talk about, um, before we do our closing, I'd like to just say real quick, um, there's a lot of stuff going on in, um, you know, our lives and um this is going to probably be our last episode for a little bit of time. I know we usually do them in groups of 10, but like with everything going on, my honestly, my heart's not in it. And like, if we're going to be presenting something that we want people to hear, we, we need to feel it. We need to be, you know, doing it for the love and the reason you know for that reason and so um we're kind of going to be on a hiatus for a little bit of time i'm not sure how long but um i i do appreciate everyone who has listened to us so if this is your first time listening to thank you as well um for everyone not listening you guys suck (laughs) (laughs) if someone's not listening to this podcast and you see them just point at them and tell them that they suck (laughs) no just don't please don't do that i don't want anyone to get in a fight um but yeah no um so unless they're border patrol tell them to suck a dick all you want but they (laughs) might tase you so do it at Mm -hmm. your own risk they'll they'll see you as a threat um but yeah i so so yeah i do appreciate it and um and you know stay tuned you know you know i have a feeling we'll be back i just don't know when yeah this isn't uh goodbye it's see you later yeah definitely and you know shoot us emails you know um our ours our yeah our socials will still be up socials will still be up we probably won't be posting but you know it'll be up so yeah, that that's it. Yeah, <laughs> for for yeah. now. So I guess uh, now it's time then to go ahead and go into our closing. Well, on that somber note, we've reached the end of the show. Thank you to everyone listening to our show. Um, we are at Instagram at CDB Pods, Twitter Good Pods. We may, you know, what? fuck it. Instagram may now be memes. Um, <laughs> if everything in this exit is like anyways um, on a personal note before we completely sign off uh, thank you all for listening this has been fun I uh, have enjoyed reading comics surprise surprise and uh, I look forward to the day that we record again I don't know when it'll be but Richard where can we find you uh, I'm at topcat360 on like all over social media um, I don't know I'm playing Final Fantasy. I'm playing Zelda. It's fun. <laughs> life's life's cool. And just thank you for anyone that's listened and enjoyed, you know, their time with us. And Brian and Carrie, thank you for like inviting me on the show in the first place and putting oh, me yeah. on. This has been a blast. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, thank you. It's been so much it's fun. It's been awesome. And I, you know, I mean, honestly, I feel a very deep friendship with you 
from doing this and talking to you weekly and everything. So I'm doing air. I was like deep and I was like doing like an air humping move. So sorry. I have to lighten the mood (laughs) back here. But no, I really, Richard, it's it's been a blast. Um, I would no, say absolutely. out of let's like we're like the threes company. Uh, I would put you as I would say that Richard is definitely like uh the Jack Tripper, like the sexy um male roommate. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I would put myself um as Chrissy, because she's kind of dumb, the sexy blonde roommate. And then Brian can be the sexy brunette roommate. I forget her name. I forgot her name, too. Yeah. Janet. Janet! Janet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, this Three's Company came up in conversation at work this week. Really? Just randomly. Um, And I'm the one that brought it up, because so I'm the weirdo. But uh, yes. when you, I think you're gonna make me Mr. Furley at first, so thank you oh, for, no. for who was Don Knotts? Was that Mr. Furley was Don Knotts? No, right? Mr. Furley was not Don Knotts. Oh, that was the guy before Don Knotts. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh no no no. Yeah. No, Mr. Roper. Mrs. Mr. Roper. Mr. Roper. Mrs. Roper so, had yeah. the caftans. I loved her. Yeah. yeah. So so Mr. Furley is Don Knotts. Yes. No, I wasn't gonna call you Don Knotts. <laughs> um. <laughs> And Brian, where can we find you on socials? Uh, Brian underscore CB is on Instagram. Also, um, what which uh, Golden Girls are we? Ooh, I have always okay. I always wanted to be Blanche because mm-hmm. I was like, yes, slut life for life. <laughs> I loved it. Um, apologize <laughs> about our dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. For Richard, I would say Richard. Oh, I think he's Sophia. I think Sophia? he's sassy. I think I think you're sassy. I think you are. Uh, you're really qu- like you're quick witted. You've got zingers. Um, I do have a couple singers. <laughs> and but you're like, uh, you're still sweet. And you have great accessories, like Sophia. <laughs> Brian, you. you're Rose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With your storytelling. <laughs> Back in St. Olive. I know you want to be a Dorothy. You want to be Dorothy. You have to earn Dorothy. Oh. <laughs> so is Johnny Dorothy right now? Johnny's Dorothy. Johnny's Dorothy. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead, Carrie. Close us out. Well, uh, well, thank you for listening to Comics Deserve Better, the podcast. And remember, comics deserve better. And everyone, you guys deserve comics. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And you guys take care. We'll see you soon. Right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>